0: I'm a huge fan of helping other people in my life yeah. know how to help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like helping people understand how to help me. Um, So that means things like employing a healthy, proactive communication of what I want, what I need, what my boundaries are to the people around me that I need support from, being clear about the kind of support that I need or being clear in not knowing as well. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes I think it is okay to be like, I'm not sure exactly what I need right now, but like, let me percolate on it or let me think about it and let, and let you know, or I don't know exactly what I want right now, but like, let's start with a hug.
2: On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about emotional support and emotionally supportive relationships, as well as the inverse, tropos lanoitome. I didn't think
0: you'd actually commit to that.
2: Yeah. What does that mean? What I actually mean to say is the inverse, which is emotional... Neglect, I guess, or a, or a lack of support, codependence, um, also, and, and codependence, I guess, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's emotional support backwards. It's felt backwards. Yeah. yeah. This is wow. another classic
0: case of someone else wrote Jace's intro and Jace didn't. Proofread it. Oh no, or... I did, and
2: I liked it. Oh, so really? So I decided to stick with it. Yeah, I'm
0: amazed because you're just like, you, "How do
2: I actually say this?"
0: Usually, you hate the things I write. Oh, no, that <laughs> is <laughs> not <in general>. true.
2: <laughs> no, but usually, yeah. I guess for our listeners at home, usually one of these two writes the intro for me and tries mm-hmm. to get me to stumble over it. Or, I usually or... don't. No, it's not trying it's to, mostly, get you to stumble mostly over it. It's like
0: trying to get you to just be aware and be careful
2: <laughs> oh, I see. of being I tricked. See. I see. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. that thing that your sibling does. And it's like, no, I just trip you when you're running down the hall to like teach you exactly. to be careful. Yeah. She's and and teaching to watch you your surroundings. Exactly. Yes. Okay. It's for your own good,
0: Jace. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Speaking of other things for your own good, I'm going to rant at you and at Emily okay. and at myself and at all the listeners. It's just a general rant. Um, on the ephemeral nature mm-hmm. of words and word definitions, because Correct me if I'm wrong, Emily, but I think like the inspiration for this episode was trying to get to the, to the bottom of like, what is emotional support? It seems like that's a word or a phrase that means very different things to different people. Absolutely. Am I right in that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And some people that I've heard of like how they support their partners and how their support, their partners support them. I'm like, wow, that's really kind of overboard in my mind, but maybe mm. to them that's normal. So yeah, right. what, what what do you think it means to you?
0: Well, just to to build on that, I think mm-hmm. you can also see the opposite of seeing a relationship where it feels like that person seems like they're not they're not giving the kind of support that I would need in a relationship. Yeah. Maybe that is what works for those two people, you know, um, I just want to put it out there just at the very beginning that there's some words that get tossed around a lot when talking about relationships, and especially with relationship advice, words like support or respect or honor or sometimes even honor my wife yeah or sometimes even like prioritize and it's it's mm-hmm. like these are very subjective words mm-hmm. i think um and sometimes to a dangerous degree because it's you know you can very easily get into a disagreement over feeling like well i feel like you're not supportive enough of me yeah and the other person being like i feel like i'm totally supportive of you you know and and it could be a number of things it could be just kind of like the language of support that you're using with each other is just mismatched or something like Mm. that. But I'm just saying that like, there isn't really a universal definition that applies in all scenarios of what support or respect means. So I'm just going to put it out there at the very top of the episode. What I like to encourage people to do is chase the specific concrete needs that you have rather than chasing a word or a label. Yeah. Um, and if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're frustrated that it's like, well, I've asked my partner for support and they're not giving it, that might mean or requires a little bit of some critical analysis of like, okay, well, what does support mean to me? What are the specific behaviors? What do I need to see? What do I want to hear? What, you know, as opposed to just putting out this blanket thing of, I need you to support me without being clear on what that means. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, Because for some people that could be totally different than for someone else.
1: Yeah. Even within partnerships, clearly. Definitely.
2: Yeah. And that's true with a lot of different things too, where it's like, you could look at another couple and go like, that's really cute that they have that together. But I actually don't think I would be very happy with that type of relationship, whether Mm -hmm. it's like how spontaneous they are Mm -hmm. or it's how, um, how emotionally supportive they are. You might be like, whoa, I actually want more space than that. Whereas another person might look at you and your relationships that you think are great and go, Gosh, I feel like I wouldn't be getting any affection from my partner mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatever, right? It's like the point isn't. Here's one correct way to do it. The point is let's let's explore what this means and kind of how to how to understand these things, so yeah. you can find what works for you.
1: Right. Yeah. So I did find a fairly good definition of what emotional support in a relationship is. Um, this is from liveyourtruestory.com, dot com, which is you know <laughs> All right. Something quite a domain. Isn't name. it? Yeah. Okay. And they say a supportive relationship is a relationship which brings mutual benefit to both parties, helping them to cope with the tough times and maximize the good times. Simply put, a supportive relationship enables you to achieve more than you ever could on your own.
0: Hmm. Alright. Yeah, like that. I like it. I like yeah. that. I like that there's kind of some fundamentals of mutuality
1: in yeah. support. I mean, I do think like if you have a partnership that really kind of pushes you in a way to be the best version of yourself and by pushing or whatever like that is a form of support, I do think that that kind of can encapsulate what this is talking about to a degree Um, and just like someone who is there for you when times get tough and can kind of help pull you out of that if need be. Right. And that you, you know, mutually do the same for them.
0: Well, so we felt that it was maybe best to start chipping away at what is emotional support and what Mm -hmm. is an emotionally supportive relationship, first by looking at some of the things that are not emotional support or not (coughs) supportive or mutually supportive relationships. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is codependent relationships. Let's have a show of hands. Who here has been in a codependent relationship? I'm putting up both my hands. Yeah, Yeah, hands all around. I who hasn't? Let's be honest. Any good stories? Honestly, I feel like every relationship I was in from age zero to maybe age 27 was -hmm. was Mm -hmm. pretty darn codependent. I think especially in my kind of pre-non-monogamy days because I think that that was just what I thought a relationship was.
2: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. We are kind of taught this romanticized idea of you know, you complete me, or kind of like, I'm nothing without you, these sorts of things that we think of as very romantic, but are kind of at their core, very codependent.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I did hear a podcast recently, where like, it w- it's with a couple, I'm not going to name what it is, but it's with a couple that does the podcast together. And the uh husband was like yeah i've been obsessed with her like since we were 12 years old mm. and i'm like okay like the word obsessed <laughs> is interesting right. and maybe potentially can be viewed as codependent mm. cuz this this was also like kind of the impetus for this episode for me wanting to think about this episode is uh that you know their relationship is kind of one of like well let's give a lot of gifts and let's you know be super extravagant in what we're doing for each other or Or that he has to be really extravagant and like over overly like telling her how amazing she is and giving her a ton of compliments and showering her with gifts. And I do think that some people think that like that is support Mm. or that is being like Mm. a a wonderful supportive, like loving, caring partner. And yeah, again, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Is that I don't know.
0: Well, I I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on their experience in the relationship, you know, because like, maybe that is the perfect level of mutual support. that the two of them feel okay maintaining, or maybe it's really exhausting for both of them, and they feel obligated, but that's just kind of the level that things have gotten to perhaps.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a codependent relationship, let's kind of break down what that is exactly. Um, So one of the things that it can do, it is characterized by unhealthy clinginess, clinginess, um, a lack of autonomy, a lack of self sufficiency, or um, autonomy in one or both partners. Mm -hmm. So not just like yeah autonomy for the whole, but also like if one person has that, then potentially. Mm-hmm. That can equal a codependent yeah, relationship. Yeah,
0: so it's so it doesn't necessarily have to be one sided. It could yeah. be both people feeling equally like they're disempowered or that they don't have an autonomy or that they're both. Yeah, you know. it's completely...
1: always us, 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 us. Yeah.
0: yeah, or or the idea of just like we're mutually completely dependent upon each other for our m- emotional well being. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, or any like decision that. making or whatever. Yeah, um, it, a codependent relationship can also include. A major imbalance in the level of support that is given. So, as in Mm -hmm. situations where one-sided
2: kind of thing. Yeah,
0: where it's one-sided, or maybe it's not quite so mutual. um, Or if you're giving support to a partner at the expense of your own mental health, emotional well-being, physical health, or financial health as well.
2: Ooh, yeah, yeah, definitely done that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the idea that it's like. You're kind of draining yourself in order to support this partner, and you're not getting much back, not that it's necessarily like a one to one transactional thing, but that systemically it's like there's just this constant major imbalance that is uh that Your is depleting me yeah that's depleting me as a person yes yeah,
2: yeah um, I was actually just um earlier today in kind of looking up stuff about this episode um I was looking at. A thing from um, "Safe People," which is by Cloud Townsend. Huh? Uh, I can't Wait, remember a if that's book or one, what. Uh, I think "Safe People" might be the title of the book, actually. Mm. Um, but it's it's a very very Christian um, oh. book in, in the way that it's written here. But I was just looking through their site and looking at their description of what a safe person is, and mm. that like you you want safe people in your life, one who is connected to God. Uh, Well, yeah, that is, I mean, I'm assuming it's on the list, but, but like, okay. Like religion aside, the things on it are things like, um, you know, someone who accepts me just like I am Mm -hmm. someone who loves me no matter how I'm being or what I do. And I'm like, okay. uh, Sure. Like that's a little blankety. Um, and then, you know, gives me an opportunity to grow. Great. Who increases love within me. Great. I can be myself around. Great. But then there was this one that was um, someone who helps me to deny myself for others and God. Wait, huh,
0: what does that even mean? That makes my ears perk up a little bit. Right. And not in a good way. <laughs> not in a
2: good way. It was just a little bit like, ooh, yikes. And then there's a few others that are a little bit on that, like, wait, what do you mean Denies by this? Deny myself and what? Deny myself, I, I assume, means like to deny my own desires or my own okay. wants for the sake mm, of other people or for God. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, it's just these things that to, to someone who maybe errs on the side of being a little more selfish. I'm like, okay, maybe that's a good influence in their life. But for a person who errs more on the codependent side of things mm. who does, or, or on the like overly self-sacrificing side, mm. yeah. I look at this list and I'm like, wow this book that sold hundreds of thousands of copies is teaching people to bring people into their lives who will make that worse. Hmm, um, so anyway, I guess just, I brought that up just as a way to point out like that a lot of the conventional wisdom out there and the popular advice that, that like I had a counselor recommend that book to me years ago. Really? Yeah. That's why I knew about it at all. Um, that there's some stuff that's like, it really depends on your situation. Like yeah. you do have to kind of, evaluate what those things really mean for you um, because it it might sound very healthy to one person and to another person could end up being very unhealthy.
0: Yeah. Right. I think it also requires a certain level of self-awareness of your own baggage of your own, what kind of just like your own style of being or your style of being in a relationship. Like if you know that you tend to end up in codependent relationships or if you know that you tend to end up being the person who, just gives, 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 (laughs) Mm gives, you know, to the point of total depletion. Like sometimes having that awareness in the first place can be really helpful as well.
2: Yeah. And this, I've found this one is definitely a case where I've seen myself do this. I've seen partners do this and I've seen other people do this where it's like, give, give, give support at the cost of your emotional, physical and financial well-being and that that support isn't even really supporting the other person very well. Hmm.
0: Mm, interesting. That it's like, like in
2: what way? Well, it's like I'm giving a bunch of my resources, whatever those are, yeah. to support you and maybe that's not the kind of support you actually need. Mm. Right? It's that like giving it because we're taught like oh the self-sacrificingness of giving this is what makes it good, yeah, rather than the impact of it being what makes it good, you right. know, like rather than actually looking at what is going to give the best benefit to the other person.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: Uh, and I'm, I'm going to stop myself from going on a big rant about missionary work. Um, oh, that's it's a good metaphor though. Think, about it. Think about it. It's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last thing we want to talk about this with the supportive uh, relationships versus codependent ones is on a WebMD. Actually, they had a thing about codependent relationships and I actually really liked this list of questions to ask yourself to identify if you might be in a codependent relationship. And there's just three of them. The first one is, are you unable to find satisfaction in your life Mm. outside of a specific person? Yeah. Mm. That's pretty, pretty big. I've definitely experienced that one before. Really? Well, it's, and I think NRE really lends itself to this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just like nothing is enjoyable. Nothing is worthwhile outside of this specific person. Yeah. Um, Second one is, do you recognize unhealthy behaviors in your partner, but you stay Mm -hmm. with them in spite of those things? Yeah. Um, I think that's a big one that a lot of of us us have have fallen into. Yeah. Uh, And then the third one is, are you giving support to your partner at the cost of your own mental, emotional, or physical health? Mm -hmm. So that's the one we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I just liked how simple those questions were and how much they're directed at yourself. Yeah. It's not about like oh, from the outside, are there X, Y, Z symptoms? It's like, no. What about for you? What's your experience? Yeah,
0: it's also not about, we talked about this in the episode that we did about narcissism, mm-hmm. that it's also mm-hmm. not about trying to figure out, is my partner a narcissist? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's literally just about what is the impact on you? Yeah, yep. That's yep. what we care about. We don't care about, Do we don't need to examine your partner's motivations. Are they a bad person? Are they a good person? Are they doing things intentionally? Are they not? Like, it's just focusing on you yeah so yeah i think those are good simple questions yeah
1: and that's really powerful a powerful position to be put in because or put yourself in rather because then you are (laughs) the one who is the deciding factor yeah Mm -hmm. it's not like anything about them per se right Mm -hmm. yeah okay well we also want to talk about how to recognize a lack of support in your relationships because again i definitely have heard people say like I feel like I'm really supportive in this relationship, but I feel like my partner isn't necessarily or I'm not getting like the emotional support that I want from them. You Mm know, X, Y, Z, it could be a number of things, Mm -hmm. but uh, ways to recognize a lack of support um, might include dismissing or minimizing your experience or feelings. So this almost falls into like the gaslighting territory to it, me.
0: It could. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Could. That's
2: like maybe like an extra extreme version yeah. of this. It doesn't have to go that far. Yeah. Sure. I think
0: that there are degrees of gaslighting. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, but I think there's definitely some overlap in that Venn diagram there. Yeah.
2: I
1: think it can a little bit. And again, you know, this just kind of means like if you have a experience with your partner or they say something, for example, that irks you in a bad way, and you even even just ask, like, kindly about, like, hey, you know, I felt X when you said Y. Can we talk about that a little bit? And they're like, no, no, it really was nothing. Like, you mm-hmm. didn't feel that or, or that was dumb to feel that or something along those lines. Like, minimizing your experience. Right. I feel
0: like I have to catch myself to stop myself from doing this to partners, mm-hmm. honestly. Because I think that in my family of origin, a lot of, like, Problem solving was kind of like dismissing or minimize someone's yeah. feelings. So kind of like trying to logic them out of yeah, that's feeling bad like a good about point. something, yeah. you know, which has its place but most of the time doesn't have its place when someone's reaching out to you for support.
2: I've Even learned. just calling, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's,
1: yeah, I mean, something that I heard a lot growing up, I feel like, was, like, while well, you're victimizing yourself. Mm, interesting. And, like, that word is very powerful, I think. Be- yeah. and, and I, I almost want to do an episode on, like, what that means, like, mm. to be a victim versus victimizing yourself. And that mm. sound, that sound that could be some rocky territory there, but I'd really be interested to know, like, more about that where that fine line is, Hmm. because I do think, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you can have an emotion, and that can be more internal. That can be because of an internal thing that has happened to you in the past or whatever. But there's also, you know, like, hey, like, that really was unnecessary for you to say kind of thing mm. and know my feelings in this moment are valid. Yeah. So respect them.
0: I think I, so I'd want I'd want to just add to this list, I think, you know, dismissing your feelings, minimizing your feelings or experience, or also trying to logic away your feelings. Yeah. I think yeah, would I could be included add that. in this list. A
2: similar type deal. You know? yeah. And again,
0: yeah. like especially when it comes to logicing away, I don't think that always comes from a bad place. Um, but it definitely doesn't help things. Yeah. I suppose.
2: Yeah. Right, yeah, it could even come from a helpful place, but but is and that's a good example of kind of what I was trying to bring up before about you might feel like you're giving a lot of support hmm. and even feel like put out by how much support you're giving, but that may the effect of that may actually be not supportive at all yeah I'm that's right. that's actually a decent example of that, yeah, um another one here about a lack of support is um a partner who defaults to competitiveness rather than encouragingness. I think it's
0: encouragement is what encouragement. we say in the English language.
2: Encouragingness. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> As a native speaker of English, I can do whatever I want. Wow. Okay. It's all
0: right. <laughs> whatever you want. I see.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Just that, that it's like, if something goes well for you, they need to one up you or mm. they need to come up with a way that they've experienced something better than that already. Yeah. Or like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I've had something more so than that. That this like
0: definitely can come up in... <clears throat> multi-partner relationships or non-monogamous relationships relationships, especially when two people are kind of trying to date at the same time Mm. that uh, this can come up sometimes unintentionally
2: yeah i think usually unintentionally i think Mm -hmm. usually the person doing this again doesn't know that they're doing it they might even think oh I'm, i'm relating to you by sharing my feelings about that and like how much of that means to me but it actually feels like well, you're just focused on you and not helping me celebrate this thing that went well for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, another sign that there may be a lack of support in your relationship is if your partner routinely talks over you or interrupts you. Um,
2: <sighs> yeah, yeah, it this goes. is a real bad one.
0: It's yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, and again, with many of these things, it's like, we've all been guilty of doing it to a partner at some point. And so that's why it's important to look at like, is this routine? Is this habitual? Is this a pattern? Um, So yeah, talking over you, like if a partner is truly invested in supporting you, they will want to hear your side of things and they will want to hear your story and they will, you know, ideally, want to give that space for that to, for that to exist, you know, instead of kind of again, talking over or, or, or doing all these things like diminishing or minimizing or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to kind of keep going through these circles of anti-emotional support, hell, Uh (laughs) I suppose, um, is if the relationship is emotionally neglectful or emotionally abusive and, we're going to talk quickly about the differences between neglect and abuse, because there is some overlap, but they're not necessarily the same thing.
1: Okay, so neglect will be a pattern or a habit of a partner refusing or withdrawing support. So again, like we said about the previous things, we're all guilty of being emotionally neglectful at times, uh, but we definitely want to emphasize the like systemic nature of neglect or of, you know, withdrawing support, um, the habitual like pattern that can happen in some relationships. Yeah. And that's the thing to kind of look for yes. if you're wondering, like, hey, am I being neglected here? Am I just like thinking that this is something that's happening? Is it all in my head? Or is this actually something that I need to look at? Mm-hmm. Um, And then, yes.
0: Yeah, so I was just going to give some examples that emotional neglect, you know, habitual emotional neglect could look something like, anytime the two of you have a disagreement your partner shuts down and then refuses Mm. to talk about it ever again and we kind of just pretend that it never happened and never existed Mm. or when you're going through a rough time this person's nowhere to be found like routinely they just kind of check out and they're not around yeah you know during the hard times yeah so yeah things like that
1: yeah totally so okay then abuse is also a pattern or a habit of a partner doing things to harm you emotionally. But this can look like things well, but like, it's
2: doing things rather than not doing things, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it yeah, it's a it's a habit of a partner doing things to harm you emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um correct. So this can include things like name calling or guilt tripping or coercion, ultimatums, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Maybe so gaslighting fall- yeah. can fall under yeah. this too.
0: So that can fall into the emotional abuse category. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I feel like the the point that we were trying one to make is, is not
1: doing and one is doing
2: right that that's kind of the difference um
0: you could have a mix of both in a <clears throat> relationship honestly sure, for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. one True. can be neglectful
1: and abusive
0: yeah oh joy the extent
2: so not, <laughs> the powers yeah. of human beings is just yeah. amazing yeah. <laughs> wow yeah uh, although I, we do want to say kind of like Dedeker was mentioning at the beginning of the episode that the point of this isn't To be like, oh, well, you need to figure out if you fit enough of these symptoms to diagnose Mm. your partner or your relationship Mm -hmm. as being emotionally neglectful or or abusive or whatever it is. But rather to keep the focus on what is your experience of it. And Mm -hmm. if that is an unhealthy or just a bad experience, then that's enough of a reason to get out of it. You don't need to, like, be sure it fits some other definition to either change that relationship or remove yourself from that relationship.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So we, I like to believe we've kind of chipped away at what emotional support is not or yeah. some clues that you might look out for. Not. <laughs> not. God bless it. You too.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: I did uh-huh. not. Okay. Uh, we chipped away at the qualities of what, Emotionally supportive relationships are not some clues for you to be able to see like, oh, maybe there's a lack of support here. I'm being emotionally neglected or maybe it's a codependent relationship. What are the qualities of an actually healthy supportive relationship? How does one actually give emotional support to your partner in a way that's good?
2: So the challenge with this list here. I'm realizing is that we have a number of things that are kind of written in the negative. Hmm. So I'm mm. going to challenge us to try to come up with what's the positive of okay. that. All right. okay. So, so here's the first one on the list is that you don't take responsibility for their entire life. Okay. So you to turn this into a positive. Statement. Them, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Wait, yeah. well, you allow yeah. them to, you allow them to live their beautiful
1: life. <laughs> And are happy and grateful when it also includes you.
0: Hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. That's a good or, place to start. Something I pulled like you, that one
1: way up out of my ass. You allow so.
0: your partner to have autonomy and responsibility for their own life. That,
2: that, yeah. that sounds better. Or like yeah. you support your partner in making their own decisions and taking action in their own mm. life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something mm. like that. You yeah. Like that? Anyways, you can get from from what we're getting at here is that the point of this is that... Supporting someone isn't doing things for them. Yeah. It isn't telling them what they need to do and expecting it them to do it. It isn't solving all their
0: problems all the time.
2: Exactly. It's not giving them all the answers as if you have them, but right it's not <laughs> it's not about being honest. you being like, well this th- I'm responsible for this person's life so I'm just going to have to do it all for them. Yeah. Right? Instead allowing them to live their own life and be there to support them in doing that. Um, the next one here is, this one is a positive. So this is respecting feelings, respecting their feelings. So allow for and proactively empathize with your partner's feelings, even if they're not the same as your feelings. Yeah, and We wanted to talk a little bit about what that means.
1: Yeah. So you, Dedeker, like had a really awesome thing to say about this.
2: Yeah. This it is kind of
1: blew my mind.
0: Something that I, I believe that's come from, comes from the Gottman's don't quote me on that. Ye olde Gottman. From ye olde Gottmans. Um, But something that they encourage people to try on when they're in a disagreement with their partner um, is to inject empathy into it. And so as in, I don't know, let me try to think of a situation. Can we think of some kind of argumentative situation <clears throat> where my feelings were hurt, other person's feelings were hurt? Can we come up with an example?
2: Um, okay, Uh.
0: to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I.
1: Like, Jace, you... I don't know. <laughs> I this thought you great. were going somewhere. Yeah, I really thought this that is, had so much problems. Okay, is, yeah. uh, let's,
0: let <laughs> so me let so me do some low-hanging fruit. Let's say I go out on a date. Yeah. I... Uh, um maybe Jace was expecting me back home at a certain time mm. or expecting me to mm. communicate that I was on the way back home at a certain time, but I didn't. Yeah, um, great, but I came, but I did come back home. Like I said that I would, but Jace is feeling kind of upset or hurt or mm. lost or whatever. Um, and so we get into an argument about that because maybe Jace's perspective <laughs> is like, well, I was worried about you. or I was concerned about you or I didn't know what was going to happen. I was expecting you back at a certain time. And maybe my perspective is like, Hey, I told you I was going to be home. I didn't commit to a certain time. Yeah, You know, I don't like, I don't know why you have to be so upset about that. You know that I'm coming home and then I'm fine. You know, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Okay. You can, you can imagine it in your head. And some of you listening have probably been in this very same scenario. Yeah. Um, so clearly my feelings about the situation are different from Jace's feelings about the situation, mm-hmm. but I can still empathize with my partner's feelings, even if they don't align with my own even if I don't think that his perception of the situation is the same as I perceived it. Yeah. So it could be something like, well, Jace, if I were in your shoes and if I also was sitting there, like thinking about, you know, worried that I got into a car crash (laughs) or worried that some I'd run across some kind of bad person or the person that I was on a date with was a bad person was taking advantage of me. It's like something bad had happened. I would also feel that same level of worry that you do. So kind of like, Oh, if I perceive the situation the way that you did, yeah, I also would feel worried. It's totally understandable that you would feel worried and concerned and upset. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? And maybe, I don't know what would be the inverse of that Jace, if you were kind of doing the same thing to me in that scenario,
2: I guess on the other side, it, yeah, it would be that just like, well, if my experience of it were that I knew I was fine and I was out having fun and I knew we didn't have any specific plans Um, then it would seem like an extra hour or two wouldn't matter. Mm. And so it was more important to, you know, be in the moment and and enjoy the time that I had instead of rushing home for no reason. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or if I believed, or I guess you could even say like, if I were in your position and I believed that I wouldn't be worried about it, if you know, if I believed (laughs) that the other person wouldn't be worried about it, then would I would probably stay out too totally and not, understand and not the same think decisions it was a kind of yeah. so, so I think that's the a, key part yeah. there. I know this
0: was kind of a couple together example, so thank you for your patience in this. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's kind of this idea of being able to acknowledge to your partner th- basically that their feelings are valid, Yeah. even if you don't feel that same exact way.
2: I, yeah, I, and they're, I thought of another example okay. of this that, that oh, okay. I feel like maybe even fits more with what we're trying to say. <clears throat> and this is... Um, Say you're having, say you're having an argument with your partner, um, or like some kind of a heated discussion, and one of you uh, says "fuck" in that conversation, and the person who said "fuck" that's like whatever, that's a thing they would say in this kind of conversation, mm-hmm. but to the other person, that's like felt like an attack. Feels like an attack. Or it's, it's, like trigger, a, or it's if, triggering. If, yeah. if you say that word. That means there's no coming back from this. This is, we've gone so far into like hating each other that you would say that word. And I think this is a good example of where the way this conversation will often end up going is then the person gets upset about them saying fuck or, or whatever it was that, that, you know, they reacted so badly to, um, And being upset about it. And the other person saying, like, you shouldn't be upset about that. It's just fuck. And the other person being like, no, that's terrible. Like, I should be really upset about that. I can't believe you said that. And the other person saying, like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. And, like, what is missing here is that empathy like Dedeker was talking about of going, wait a minute. Explain to me what your perception of this is so I can understand it. And then it's the, like, to me, that word means this, you know, like that was only ever said in my family when things were just awful. Right. Um, and then it's like, oh yeah, I could understand if that word meant that to me, I would feel the same way as you. And then on the other side too, it's like, that's just a word I say, like that I say with my friends and past partners and you know, whatever, it's like, so not a big deal. And the other person can say, huh? Like, If I felt that way about that word, if it was like saying fiddlesticks to me, (laughs) I could see why why, why he would say it and Mm. it wouldn't be upsetting to me. And it's that example of like, by taking that time to understand why they feel that way, it at least gives you a place to understand each other from rather than it's like, it's like you're trying to argue whether something should or shouldn't be Mm, when you're both seeing the world completely differently. Yeah. Like you're watching, you're watching two different movies and you're trying to argue about, some quality of the protagonist yeah, or something like kinda
1: that. Kind of reminds me of switch tra- tracking a little bit, but a little bit. I think it's yeah. related. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely related. related. I think
0: it's also related to, uh, we've talked about this a couple times on the show about um, like competing narratives or competing mm. realities, yeah, guess, yeah. Yeah. you know, this idea that Very you both much, perceive yeah. things differently. Yeah. Um, and, and that like we can get so caught up in trying to get the other person to agree that our perception was the right one mm-hmm. and that their perception was the wrong one yeah. rather than kind of accepting that it's like, Oh, both of these perceptions can be valid and we can find a totally. common ground here and, and shared empathy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, we don't even realize there is another perception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead it's mm-hmm. just like you assume they think of things, they perceive things the same way you do. And then it's like, how the hell did you have that emotional to response there, yeah. to this thing? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. Another
1: like affirmative thing is to compliment your partner in public. Um, That is a sign of a healthy and supportive relationship, or even just like avoiding humiliation or put downs in public.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I think you probably shouldn't humiliate or put your partner down in general.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But definitely like not in public. That's Mm -hmm. kind of a rough one. Yeah.
2: The public like adds a whole other. Mm-hmm. level to it you know yeah both yeah. in the good way and the bad way yeah like i think doing compliments in front of other people is i know big. it's like
1: oh wow well mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. really sweet yeah. of you to do for me yeah. yeah yeah um how yeah well this says never ignoring a partner's presence but how can how we, do we make, make that, that into like in a yeah a positive well
0: uh, i'm gonna keep making it negative and just say <laughs> that this also kind of means like don't stonewall your partner yeah you mm. know yeah yeah
1: that's true But, like, to make this positive, it's, like... Acknowledging their presence. Yeah. Yeah, like, being sweet to them in public, maybe, even. Or just, like...
2: uh, I guess I imagine this one more is about about being in private. But mm -hmm. I guess it could apply in public, too. Yeah. But just that, like, I'm doing a thing, and I'm just going to pretend you don't exist right now. Yeah, sure. Well,
0: I'm I'm trying to think of, like, the scenarios when stonewalling behavior comes up. And it's usually when you're, like angry or upset or there's a disagreement Mm -hmm. or you're fighting and like that's when the stonewalling behavior comes up and where you're just moving through the house you know not looking at each other or coming into a room not looking at each other yeah Um, so i guess the opposite of that can be is like even if you're upset with each other still being able to acknowledge and treat each other like human beings well it's
1: like someone comes home from a long day and instead of like you know it maybe get up and and greet them and say hi and like mm. look away from your computer for a couple minutes kind of thing and just like acknowledge their
2: presence.
0: Mm. Yeah, that too.
2: Yeah. It, this reminds me of the Gottman's thing about the turning toward mm. is what they call yeah. it. And they talk a lot about the importance of that. What Emily just described is that moment of I'm going to stop what I'm doing right yeah. now to acknowledge you or, or to even be... like put your
1: phone down. Right. Like don't <laughs> yeah. just like if you're watching something together, don't just like play a fucking video game on your phone, mm-hmm. sure. you know, yeah. like kind of maybe cuddle yeah. your partner or like show that you care about them and care about like the thing that you two are doing together in that right. moment.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that's not to say you can never do those things, but sure, it's just but... putting that emphasis on turning toward.
1: Yeah. Right. And again, right. we're talking about like those systemic kind of, mm. you know, cyclical things, yes. the patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Another quality of a healthy, supportive relationship is respecting the other person's right and ability to make their own decisions. Um. This is related to the stuff we were talking about earlier with like not taking responsibility for someone else's entire life. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. a kind of a good litmus test for this is if you find that you're able to offer advice to your partner without it being conditional, as in you can offer advice to your partner And they have the ability to disregard it if they want. Mm. And that's, I feel like that's a real tricky one. And I feel like this comes up so often, Um, but it's, but it is that ability to like support this person in their own decision making, as opposed to supporting this person in, trying to push an agenda on them of like, well, I think they should do this, you know, and I'm going to push them into doing this, or I'm going to push them into making this particular kind of decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. It's scary to, to, I think to trust that like this person will make decisions both in their own interest and in the interest of you and your relationship as well.
2: Yeah. It's like, um, what I feel like this is one that's easy to, fall into the trap of thinking you're doing this when you're not. Mm -hmm. And that's like someone's, you know, having to make a decision or isn't sure what to do about something. And you're like, well, you should do this. Like, it just makes sense that you do this. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but you Mm -hmm. should do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, (laughs) "Uh, that's very different. Thanks for being so supportive. Right. 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 You're, you're, you're able to tell yourself like, oh yeah, I'm letting them make their own decision. And they could, you know, and if they say like, I just feel like you're telling me what to do. You're like, no, you can make your own decision. But what but you're, you're really saying is, this. you're really yeah. saying like, you could make the wrong decision if you want, but <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you the right one. <laughs> yeah. That's a very right. different thing. Right. Totally. Yeah. So
0: when we were researching this, we came across, well, so we came across this thing called the imaginary friend exercise. Yeah. That I'm going to let the Jason. title of it? Yeah, that's what it's called. And it was, <laughs> uh, initially it was about um, helping someone who is, who wants to be supportive in a relationship, but they're worried about being codependent mm-hmm. or about getting like, too invested in supporting this person and to, you know, again, to an unhealthy extent. Can you tell us about imaginary friends?
2: Basically, it starts out as you picture yourself as an imaginary friend to this other person. And I know that that right away might sound codependent when like your entire existence is dependent upon them (laughs) believing in you. That's not really what we're getting at here. Um, But the point is that if you think about an imaginary friend, an imaginary friend is there to to support and to help you out and to be a friend, but it can't do things for you Mm. because it is you. you, Well, (laughs) because you're not real, right? Like if you are the imaginary friend, like you're not a physical being. So your job is not to go in and do things for them. Yeah. Right. It's not to solve the problems for them. Um, Another thing is that um, as an imaginary friend, you are kind of part of their own brain. So your job is not to, give them answers or to give them information that they don't have or tell them what to do. Instead, as the imaginary friend, your job is to just get them to think about it, ask them questions they need to be asked. Maybe well, make like some, a
1: therapist
2: kind of, yeah, like make some suggestions um, and listen to them and like help them kind of reflect back to themselves what they're trying to work on.
0: So the idea—correct me if I—if I've Uh, gotten this wrong—I think the idea behind the imaginary friend exercise is this is like like a litmus test to test to see like okay am I am I supporting the way imaginary friend would as in with listening with encouraging um with encouraging their own thinking and with encouraging them to make their own decisions mm-hmm. or am i straying into more codependent or maybe even controlling territory of trying to dictate what they do or trying to solve all their, all their problems um,
2: yeah but
0: it's a litmus test it's not <laughs> like hey just <laughs> pretend to be your partner's imaginary friend <laughs> yeah. and and that's right. the rest of your life now
2: yeah though could be a fun role play just saying
0: like a sexual role play yeah
2: you know just for fun
1: and this is my imaginary friend what well, i mean I, I guess if you're involving well, another
2: person in it but oh well i feel like i, mean, I just feel like, use your imagination right. Come on, well, yeah d-
0: but i sorry <laughs> i'm sorry the last time i had an imaginary friend i think i was like six or something and sure. so it's hard for me to suddenly bring that into any kind of weird sexual realm so you just kind of Wait. Baked my noodle a little bit, as it were.
2: Baked yeah. yeah. my noodle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I Man, you didn't have to make it weird.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm just going to bring <laughs> right, this back to the exercise. Let's move on. Yeah. Use this as a litmus test. Please don't use it as a tool for running your life or or for actually creating a relationship. Just yeah. as a litmus test for the support that you're of a, offering. a cute little thought exercise. Okay. So. okay, please don't fuck your imaginary friends.
2: You Maybe. can if you want. They're your well, imaginary hang on, friends. hang on.
0: If you make up someone... Okay, as an adult, if you make okay. up someone that you fantasize about... Is that like a sexual imaginary friend? I've definitely had some of those.
2: Like a made up person. Like a made
0: up person, yes. That's mm. an interesting question.
2: Yeah. I don't I mean, Maybe. are they are they your friend?
0: Would
1: Elon well, Green be my sexual imaginary friend? Okay, well, okay. But she's a real person. But yeah, That's I'm thinking of not real not real people. Oh, oh, well, um, <laughs>
0: yeah. well, I fantasize about not real people all the time.
2: I, I think one, one other part of this actually is the, the friend part. And that's actually one of these here is that you're an imaginary friend. You're not an imaginary judge or an imaginary critic. Yeah. Mm. And God knows we've got those Does two. He? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We've got those two, right? We've got plenty of imaginary critics or imaginary judges. Right. But you're an imaginary friend.
1: But they're all us. Yes. But they're yes. all they're all us, yes. Yeah, that's the yeah. the kicker.
0: Yeah.
2: But I'm j i am guess I'm saying with your imaginary fantasy person, uh, are they a friend or maybe yeah. there's something else? Imaginary friend,
0: friend with benefits. Yeah, there the imaginary we go. friend yeah. with benefits look
1: like Eva Green though. Uh,
0: sure, sure, if you want. Yeah, I, guess, yes. I guess, yeah. I guess. Yeah.
1: Cool. Cool, oh, cool. Okay. All right. So when all of this is said and done, and you are going through a tough time, I think it is very practical and good to learn how to receive emotional support well, hmm. um especially when you're going through like a really challenging time in your life. So the first step of this is to allow your partner's support and kindness to give you a chance to kind of step outside of yourself and you know the particular challenge that you're going through. Um, I think that this kind of ties into the next one, which I'm going to talk about, which is gratitude. I know like a lot of kind of self-help things out there talk about gratitude being a really big thing. Um, you know, like even just like writing down, what did, what was it just like three things every single day that you're grateful for?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even if it's just like, wow, like today in Los Angeles was a perfect day. Mm. It was Mm -hmm. glorious outside. Right. You know, I'm going to Chicago in a couple of days and it's going to be in the 30s. Jeez. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you boy. know,
1: way different than that. I am so grateful for the, you know, beauty of being outside. Mm-hmm. And then also like when your partner is really good and compassionate and supportive of you, be like, "Wow, like, you know, my I have someone in my life who is being so wonderful and lovely to me." And it allows you to, like, think outside of, like, the challenge that you're going through. Like, Mm -hmm. if, you know, something Mm -hmm. really hard happened at work and you can't stop thinking about it and it made you feel really bad, it's like, wow, like, my partner is taking the time to, like, really be there for me. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's like using the support itself as another thing to think about instead of just dwelling on the things that are not good in your life.
1: Exactly. Because I think, yeah, like, especially when some of us, like, get in a state of you know, being really down, it's easy to just like wallow in it. Yeah. Instead definitely. of being like, wow, like I have things that are outside of this and like looking big picture in my life. There's yeah. more to my life than just this one instance or one moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh So I'm, I'm a huge fan of helping Other people in my life know how to help me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like helping people understand how to help me. Um, So that means things like employing a healthy, proactive communication of what I want, what I need, what my boundaries are to the people around me that I need support from, being clear about the kind of support that I need, or being clear in not knowing as well. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes I think it is okay to be like, I'm not sure exactly what I need right now, but like let me percolate on it or let me think about it and let yeah. and let you know or I don't know exactly what I ri- want right now, but like let's start with a hug and then just take it from there or let's start with me venting a little bit and then let's take it from there. Um and that also means if your support is some alone time or just I need some time by myself to process this, also let them know, you know. I think that along with falling prey to kind of these fuzzy definitions of support where we can get mired down in I want you to support me. I am supporting you. No, you're not supporting me. You know, like kind of mired down in definitions. We can also fall prey to this idea of like, well, you should just know how to support me in this moment, or you should just know what it is that I need. And now, of course, uh... like, of course, you don't want to have to be like instructing your partner every single step of the way with every single decision, with everything that they need to take care of you. But the fastest way to get what you want from someone is to ask for it. (laughs) And so, like, it Mm -hmm. is okay to be really concrete I think in asking for what you need it can be as concrete as like I just want to sit here with you not talking for a little while and then I would love to cuddle with you and I'd love to cry and then I would love to just take a couple hours not talking about it and let's go distract ourselves and then maybe let's talk about it afterwards like it's okay to be that specific about like the kind of support that you need and to be that specific in asking for it
1: yeah
2: Um, another thing is to take a moment to do something kind for your partner During this time. Or even a friend. Or even a a friend or a relative or someone else. Um, This is something that that Dedeker's talked about for a long time of like, when you're feeling down, reach out to someone else and let them know that you think they're great or that you appreciate them or whatever it is as a way of both kind of paying it forward, but then also it, it like just kind of gets you out of this cycle of being so focused on everything happening to you and kind of like empowers you to be a positive force in someone else's life. And then somewhat related to that is actually praising your partner for the help that they're giving you and to let them know that you see that effort and you appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, This one's especially important too, if it's not like a little short term thing if it's not like you ask for support and they give it and you're like, okay, I feel better now. Yeah. If, I mean, it, if you're, you're still long, struggling, right? Mm, yeah.
1: It, and some people, <laughs> I mean, you know, have a lot of shit going on at work, for example, for mm-hmm. like a really long period of time. And they're just kind of, in the weeds with that. Or it right. could be something chronic. Months. It could yeah. be, you know, chronic depression, depression. or chronic sure. illness
0: or chronic dealing with yeah. a death or, you know, like really long-term things yeah. that you need support on. Yeah.
2: But is to let your partner know that you appreciate the support they are giving you. Yeah. Um, because it, it can be really helpful for them to know that as well so they know they're on the right track and yeah. that, that what they're doing is helpful even if from the outside they might be like, I must not be doing it right because they're, they're still... Not feeling better, yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and this also reminds me of, like, the appreciation part as part of the reconnection in radar. Yeah. So when you're doing your, your radars of, like, having that time to appreciate each other for the support that you gave and for the listening that you did and, like, all those sorts of things that... Um, sometimes I think we we overlook a little bit and we get upset when we don't have them. So it's important to acknowledge them when we do have them.
0: Right. What do we want the people to take away from all this? Well, (laughs) we (laughs) gave
1: (laughs) some good ways to like recognize what a supportive relationship is versus a codependent Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what like a codependent relationship is in general. And then also hopefully like how to recognize a lack of support in your life like mm-hmm. the difference between neglect and abuse, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how to kind of see what those things are.
2: Yeah. I was kind of thinking about uh, maybe giving people a new word to take home. Oh, here boy. we go. Yeah. So here we go. So when we were talking about the idea of like, trying, you know, like what is emotional neglect? Um, and, you oh, know, yeah, this word we we're saying, like, don't get so focused on like, is it emotional neglect or not? Because really what matters is, is this relationship good for you? Like, is this healthy for you, right? Like, is this, um, you know, is this actually a good relationship for you to be in? And like we talked about way earlier, for one person, a relationship might be great. And to you, it's going to feel super neglectful. Or for another person, a relationship might feel great. And for, and to you, it would feel super smothering and codependent, right? That this isn't just sort of a universal, like good or bad. It's about what's right for you. And that reminds me of boundaries, which is something we talk about, right? Of, you know, kind of what it is that you want or don't want in your life. If like, I'm not willing to be in a relationship where I'm treated in this particular way, like that's a boundary, So this is sort of the opposite of that, of saying that, you know, I'm not okay with being in a relationship where I don't get a certain kind of emotional support. And so I was thinking it's not quite a boundary, but it's like a negative boundary.
0: No, Jace, that is a boundary though.
2: But it's about that you're not okay with not getting something (sighs) as opposed to I'm not okay with something happening, right? Like a normal boundary is like, I'm not... I'm not going to have a discussion with someone who's yelling at me. Right. So it's like, that's my boundary. So I'm going to remove myself from that situation if that happens and, and protect my boundary. But this is like,
0: so I, this is, I'm not going to be in a relationship where someone's not talking good to me.
2: Where where someone's like not (sighs) acknowledging me when I walk in a room or is not, um, allowing me to make my own decisions or something like that. So I was thinking like, I'm not quite sure what it is yet. Is it a nega boundary? Or a boundary, or a an- anti-boundary, like antimatter. When you have anti-boundaries and boundaries together, they but, explode. My, <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my problem, my problem, Jace, is that like I feel like people already have a hard time wrapping their head around just boundaries themselves. Well, okay, then this is
2: like advan- out, this is like grad school level. This is like shit boundaries three hundred one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So don't don't worry about a it. Na- but na- n- Noundries. Noundries.
1: 301. Noundries.
0: Noundries. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, uh, okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to say, I'm considering making this our ending tagline of every single episode. All All right, let yeah. me know so- what you think. Um, as always, please don't weaponize this shit. Mm. Like, like literally, I want to attach this to every single episode because I'm like, okay. please don't take the things that we say and use them and, like, beat your partners. Don't use them for evil. Don't beat your partners over the head with them. Like, don't weaponize this stuff. Just don't, like... (laughs) Thank you. Take this advice, but, like, don't use it as, like, a weird ruler that you want to measure you know, as like a yardstick that you're forcing someone else to live up like forcing someone else to to live up mm-hmm. to. Use it as a yardstick for your own like discernment in relationships and discernment in choosing partners and discernment over whether or not you should stay in a relationship or not. Um but please, like I just don't want to hear any stories of someone being like, well I told my partner that they're not supportive of me because Multi Amory says that they need to be doing this, this, this and this. And I'm like, no one wants to be in a relationship with that person well, who's saying those yeah. things.
1: I mean, I've had people run up to me like randomly, you know, at a concert and say like, "You saved my relationship." We definitely don't anyone want anyone to do the opposite of that and be like, "You ruined my relationship." <laughs> so don't weaponize uh, that shit. That is like my greatest fear. Uh, Thank you. Yeah,
0: that's all. Do you think we should append this as a tag? It's kind of a negative tag to end all the episodes on. It, it is
2: it is a little bit. I I don't know. Well, it's... with this one, I think it's a fine thing to say it's like a good sentiment to wrap into all of them. And I feel like we do talk about it a fair amount of like taking ownership of your own part in things rather than using it to like define and diagnose someone else. But please don't don't
0: use us, use us as a tool, as a weapon on other people or on your partner. Like, we yeah. didn't We didn't sign up for that. That's true. <laughs> Ain't nobody want that shit? Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, and as always, don't weaponize this shit. See you next week. Like, that could be our, like, sign-off. There you go. We've been trying to come oh, up no, with a okay. sign-off for years. I have years. another one.
0: Okay, so I feel like there's a couple that, like, so first, I think for a while we were definitely repeating, like, and remember, it is okay to break up with people. Um, right. That's one. I think don't weaponize this shit is another one. And I think another one is the disclaimer of... Remember, if you're in an abusive situation, none of this re- none of this advice matters, and you need to get the hell out. Yeah,
1: mm, because yeah. that's another one that's is people being one. like, yeah.
0: I tried to use NVC with my abusive boyfriend, and it didn't work. And I'm like, you're yes, right, you're right, Correct. you're right, it didn't work. Or like, I tried to use the, the Triforce with a situation with my partner who's uh, really emotionally abusive to me, and I'm like, you're right, it's not yeah. going to work. So yeah, I feel Yikes. Like those are all negative things to end out on, but I feel like they're very yeah. true
2: they yeah. are yeah well, sometimes yeah. the truth isn't always shiny and pretty i guess that's i guess you know what though people are listening to this show and not you know just listening to you know pop psychology stuff that's like everything's fine as long as you do x y and z mm-hmm. so i feel Some like they're are, all they already get it they to understand a certain they yeah. know
1: they're yes, in like this for is the, the thing, hard though, truths
0: jace you see the good in people and i don't <laughs> <laughs> That's our difference here. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I'm very
1: interested to hear what emotionally supportive things you do for your partners out there um, and also how you you know, can receive emotional support in a good way. I'm very interested to hear about that. So the best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook commu- group. Group or Discord a community, chat. too. Yeah, I community. I know. One. I was like, Community. Oh, that's not the word that's <laughs> on here. You can get access to these groups and join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com multi-amory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multi leave us a voicemail at 678. M U L T I 05 Wow, I've I've been doing it in a different key lately. I don't know what <laughs> no, that's I like. About. It. change it up. Yeah, okay. All right. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Jace Lindgren, and me, Emily Matlack. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistant is Nicole Samara. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. And the full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com.